Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the episode, everyone. I'm pretty sure I <laughs> I should start like a segment of funny recording in the car stories, because as I shared previously on the past episode, um, I'm recording in my car because I'm at Bible school. Usually when I was at home, I'd record in my closet. <laughs> These are crazy places. Um, but I was just here in my car and my RA had to get out. So I had to stop the episode <laughs> and back up so that she could get out. But anyway, we're back. We're in a better spot. It's all good. Um, yeah, I'm just walking or watching people walk by and it's a lovely day outside. So this is just cracking me up. I hope it's bringing you guys joy. But anyway, this episode that we're going to be um, talking or the subject that we're going to be talking about today on the episode is something that is near and dear to my heart. It is specifically a verse that we are going to be talking about uh, later on in the episode. But it is a verse that really has helped me with a lot of fear in the past. Um, and I just want to say that if you have struggled with fear, please know you are not alone with this battle. It truly is a battle um, because we know truth and we want to walk out in this freedom. And yet fear so often can come and cloud our brains up. And so if you want to know more on fear and hear of another testimony about fear and how to just fight those thoughts whenever fear does come in, I recorded an episode with a dear friend of mine. Um, her name is Abby. It's in season two. And we talked all about fear. And that episode is called Fear, I think, or nothing to do with fear or something like that. Something with fear. Um, you would think I would know all the names of my episodes, but I don't. So anyway, um, check that out if you'd like more helpful tips on how to handle fear. Also, I did talk more about fear in my life um, in regards to my testimony and how I fought those things and um, just how the Lord was so faithful with helping me to get through that season of life and the things that he taught me on how to fight fear. So I shared more about that um, in my episode on season one called Intro. So if you want to hear more about that, check out that episode. But in this episode, like I said, we're going to break down a verse that has been extremely encouraging to me as I have struggled with fear a lot in the past. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to break down this verse and it's going to be good. But I do want to say really fast that when I was 15 and my fear came back, because I first struggled with anxiety and fear when I was six. So when it came back when I was 15, it got so bad that I couldn't even leave the home. And so during that time, that's when the Lord really showed himself to me and especially just showed me different verses that could be an encouragement to me and that could just push me closer to his heart in that hard time. He also brought to me a really beautiful quote by Corey Ten Boom in which she said, I can trust an unknown future to a known God. And God really made me realize that I didn't really know God in that season. 
And that's when my relationship with him really started blossoming. So, um, yeah, I kind of want to dive deep now into what I was struggling with at the beginning of last year in 2020. And that's when COVID began. And um, that kind of goes into where I am now. So the beginning of 2020, my acne started exploding. And I mean, like exploding, like it was bad. It was all over my face. Um, I was starting to get eczema on my legs. It was very bad. And it was so bad that I eventually went on Accutane. Um, And during that time, a mentor told me, this could be a way your body is trying to tell you of all the things that you're having fear and anxiety about. And so she told me, don't numb this, this feeling, this what's trying to drag you down, whatever's happening, don't numb it. And that was hard because when I went on Accutane, my acne started getting better. And so it was almost like this numbing thing where I was like, okay, you know, I'm good. When really I was still battling with fear on the inside. And so uh, the Lord during that season opened my eyes to 1 John 4, 18, which says perfect love cast out all fear. I started learning what it means to be perfected in his love. Fear truly gets louder and stronger the more we're in our own thoughts. Though my thoughts were taking me over, the Lord gave me strength to start learning more about the Lord's heart and diving deeper into his love. When fear tries to come in, I have to take a step back and remind myself who God is and who he says I am in him. And truly, fear does come quite often. And I do have to take many steps back and just remember who the Lord is, because that really is what fear is trying to distract us from, is just trying to tell us, hey, you know, God's not in control. God's going to let this happen to you. God's going to do this to your family. But when we realize who God is and that he's in control and I'm not, then the fear starts dwindling away as we realize who God is. Before we dive deeper into that verse that helped me to get through these times of fear, I wanted to share an encouraging podcast on fear and courage that a mentor of mine sent me a few months ago. In this podcast from a church in San Francisco, the pastor was comparing a fearful imagination and a courageous imagination. They said in this podcast, a fearful imagination is hijacked. A courageous imagination is redeemed. God never created us to sit in the corner and think about the terrible things we shouldn't do or the mistakes we made. Fear has hijacked that. We have to do what Romans 12 says. We have to let God renew our mind. See the things of God. Have compassion for people and live with the boldness, courage, and victory that we have in Jesus. A fearful imagination loves comfort, but courageous imagination seeks out discomfort. Fear says, you're not allowed to try that, and you'll be disappointed. Comfortable people don't need a savior. God leads us to a place of discomfort so that in this place, we can truly learn how to rely on him and how to trust him in those places of discomfort. When we're in comfort, we're in control. We're basically saying, this is my world, so don't push on that, Jesus. Don't mess with my plans. But God invited us to let go and to trust him. The invitation is taking you into discomfort to take you beyond what you could imagine. A fearful imagination is Jesus absent, but a courageous imagination is Jesus centered. How many moments have we planned things out and then we're like, oh man, Jesus, you're here, right? John 10 talks about the sheep following his voice. Anytime we imagine our future without him, we are basically denying that he is the good shepherd. 
because we're trying to take things into our own hands. There's no part of my future that he hasn't already been a part of. He is able, he is abundant, and he is active. A fearful imagination leads to paralysis. Courageous imagination leads to action. Fear leads me to action, but the wrong kind of action. It has me making my plans and turning the wheels. Plans to make things happen the way that I think they should happen. Fear stops you from doing the things that God calls you to do, whether move forward or rest, but it has you overlooking on the things that you shouldn't do. Courageous imagination doesn't just dream about doing things, but it actually does things. We get to partner with the Spirit and then move with God. He is more than able to do in me than I think. Fearful imagination has a narrow lens, but a courageous imagination has a wide lens. Fear is so limiting. We think about all these things that we can do that will turn out this way or turn out that way, and then we're trapped into having this one story, this one narrative. Courage pursues possibility. Lens go from small to wide. Impossible? That's where God starts. Closed door? Where's the open one? Looking for possibility to serve God in that place may look impossible, but that's where he starts working. Every day I want to ask myself, am I operating in a fearful imagination or am I choosing courage? I just want to say yes to the work of God that he is doing instead of my own because God is able, God is abundant, and God is active. This podcast was really, really encouraging to me, especially this summer when I was thinking through some things that um, I realized that I needed to say no to. But I was having a hard time saying no to these things because I wanted this one story that I thought was what my life was about. And yet God was calling me into a place of having a courage um, that was deeper than my set plans. You know, a courageous imagination, but not even imagination, courageous action like where he is taking me and where I get to lean completely on him and where I get to trust in him instead of on myself. So I hope that podcast from that church in San Francisco was encouraging to you guys. Um, But now I really want to dive in deeper to this verse that really has been impactful on my life. Um, Like I said in the beginning, it, it really helped me in those times of fear, especially a few years ago when I just could not leave the house. Um, But as I have grown older and spoken that verse over myself, especially here at Bible school, I realized I was like, wait, there must be more to this verse, not just perfect love cast out fear. And so um, with that being said, let's dive deep into it. So with 1 John 4.18, I would just say that um, this verse it it does say that I'm perfected in love. And I would say that over myself. I'm perfected in love. I'm perfected in love. I'm perfected in love. And I would say that again and again and again. But like I said, um, I, I truly thought there was more to this verse. And that actually started in my hermeneutics class here at Bible school. I decided that I wanted to look at the pericope, which is the whole paragraph underneath the heading, instead of just taking that one verse and coming up with my own interpretation of it. So I'm excited to look back um, as I studied on this verse and that pericope, that paragraph, a few weeks ago. So I'm excited to kind of show a little bit of what the Lord was teaching me a few uh, weeks ago in that class. So I wanted to first start with 1 John 4, 7, which starts out with the ancient Greek sentence, 
agapto, agapo. And there's a lot of Greek words I'm going to share today that I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. So please excuse that. Um, but basically that Greek phrase, agapto, agapo, means those who are loved, let us love. Wow. I just thought that was so powerful when I read that. We are not commanded to love one another just to earn or become worthy of God's love. We are commanded to love one another because we are loved by God. We have received that love from God and we are able to live in the light of that. Since love is of God, then those who claim to be born of God and claim to know God must be able to love one another in the body of Christ. Continuation of verse 7, it says, knows God. There are several different words in the ancient Greek language translated know into English. This specific word for knows, which is gnosko, is the word for a knowledge by experience. John is saying when we abide with God, the fruit will come forth by showing love for one another. When um, verse 10 says, if God so loved us, we know that those who have received this love from God are directed to love one another. Then in verse 11, it talks about his love has been perfected in us. Perfected uses the Greek word teleo, which doesn't mean perfect as much as mature and complete. So if we love one another, then the love of God is mature and complete in us. Verse 12 says, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Our love for each other is a flawless expression of God's love, but it is God's love being put into action. Perfected love is not just an incomplete idea or an emotion or a potential in the heart. It is completed, accomplished, put into action, and it is the sense of being perfected. So 1 John 2, 5, to take it back a few chapters, it says, But whoever keeps his word in him truly love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The action of being perfected in his love comes back to this place of abiding in him. When we are abiding in Jesus, we will walk just as he walked. We will live lives of obedience and love. We won't be perfect just as he is. But this is part of the daily sanctification process that he gets to do in us every single day. When we want to walk just as he walks, we need to begin by abiding in him. Verse 13 through 16 talks about abiding in him. We are thrown, then thrown a verse in verse 17, which talks about in the day of judgment. We know that this is when the completeness of love's work in us will be perfectly demonstrated. As much as we can know the completeness of God's love now, we will know it all the more in the day of judgment. This perfect love can be growing now on this side of heaven. This whole pericope talks about love and perfect love, so it had me wonder, what is perfected love? So verse 17 says, in this, love is perfected in us. What does this refer to? The words just before it say, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him, and this love is perfected with us. So I would take this to refer to our abiding in God's perfect love. This word for love comes from the ancient Greek word agape. It is the concept of a love that gives without demanding or expecting repayment. It is the God kind of love. The love that he sent his one and only son to die for us, not expecting anything in return. 
So you can see from the connection in 1 John 4, 12, which says, No man has ever seen God if we love one another. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. The same two ideas are both here. God's love abiding in us and love being perfected in us. In other words, perfected love refers to God's love in us coming to completion or coming into action as we love one another. If we love one another, his love is perfected in us. It is very important that we understand this because it is different from what most people think of when they hear the word perfected. Most people, when they say something has been perfected, it means that it has been changed from a state of flawed imperfection into a state of flawless perfection. But the Greek word that John uses, teleo, does not usually mean that in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the word generally means finished, completed, or accomplished. James 2.22 is very important parallel for these verses here. It says, You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. The word behind completed is the same as the word behind perfected. How do works perfect faith? Not by making it flawless faith, but by making it active faith. In other words, faith is imperfect until it reaches its goal in good works. Then we can speak of it as perfected faith, not because it is flawless and beyond the need for improvement, but because it has attained the goal of action. John Piper once said, perfect love is a love that does not die on the vine. It's a love that comes to fruition. So on the contrary, when you love each other with perfect love, which is the love of God overflowing and being completed in action, when you love one another like this, it casts out fear. That's the love that casts out fear. The way to boldness, the way to confidence, and the way to fearlessness is to walk love, not just to talk love, which is so much what I was doing when I was 15, even when I was six, that I was doing a lot of talking, but I wasn't doing a lot of walking. And that's part of being a child of God is walking out in this love and loving others, abiding in Christ. John Piper says, love is perfected not when it is sinlessly flawless, but when it passes from talk to walk. God loved first. God still loves first. He is the one that is always choosing us first. Then we know and believe that the love God has for us, which is talked about in verse 16, is being perfected daily. It's that sanctification process. So trusting that this love that he has for us in Jesus Christ, that he abides in us and his love overflows into action, then we can know it is being perfected in us. We love because he first loved us. Charles Spurgeon said, Every man that ever was saved had to come to God, not as a lover of God, but as a sinner, and then believe in God's love to him as a sinner. Then we finally come to the verse 18. There is no fear in love, for perfect love cast out all fear. We are to be perfected in his love instead of walking in fear, so that we can also love others the way he desires us to. He wants us to walk out in complete freedom and not to be bound by fear, but to walk out in courage, to walk out in boldness, and to walk out in this Christ-like love. The fruit that will come forth in your life will only come by abiding in the vine. By reading the full context of this verse, I have seen that this verse in 1 John 4, 18 isn't just a verse to speak over yourself when you have fear. 
But I now see that this being perfected in his love is the action that is taking place to love others as well as not have the fear of judgment day as stated in verse 17. All of these verses tie to one theme, not living in fear because of love, which ultimately comes by abiding in Jesus because he is the ultimate source of love. So I pray that if you all are struggling with fear or anxiety, um, or even if you just have a verse that you speak over yourself with whatever you're dealing with, I would encourage you take that verse and look at the whole pericope, study the whole section of that, the whole paragraph, um, and you know look up the Greek words, look up the Hebrew words to see, okay, what does this verse actually mean? Because for me, with studying this verse, it actually gave me a deeper meaning meaning into this verse as well as. Um, a deeper way to love Christ and a d- deeper way to love others. I realize now that this verse isn't just a verse to speak over myself when I have fear. I mean, I was speaking this verse because um, the other day, because my family and I were in Alaska and we were coming down this mountain and our driver was driving very fast, very, very, very fast down this mountain and we were slipping and sliding and we were in this military um, converted vehicle and you couldn't see out the windows. And I was like, I literally feel like I'm about to die right now. Like Jesus, this is it. And (laughs) maybe I was being dramatic because I tend to do that. But honestly, I was in that moment and I was already speaking over myself. Okay. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And in that moment, I realized, oh wait, perfect love. Isn't just this love that, you know, I get to be perfected in Christ, that I get to speak over myself when I have fear, but it's this perfect love that I get to um, love others with and that I get to show Christ daily to the people around me, which is such a beautiful thing that I never knew about, honestly, until I studied the whole um, pericope of this section. So anyway, I just encourage you all to study those verses that you pick out Um, that you speak over yourself when you're struggling or rejoicing or whatever it is. Um, But also, I hope that this is encouraging if you do struggle with fear or anxiety, that this would point you to the feet of Jesus and for you to focus your eyes on him, to abide in his love, and then from that place, love others the way that he has loved you. All right, friends, that is all that I have for today. Um, I'm excited to continue recording here in the car. I think we will have some interesting stories by the end of this episode, or sorry, the end of the season. Um, so it's gonna be an exciting time. But if you guys have anything specifically that you would like me to, um, I don't know, study on or, or talk about here on this podcast, please let me know on my Instagram at convos with Kayla. Um, you can send me a DM there or um, reach out personally to me. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. So praying this was encouraging to you guys, and I am hoping that you have a wonderful day as you focus on Jesus. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.